Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. All right. So it's okay if I teach to break through tonight? Amen. You know, we don't teach just for the knowledge. We teach for breakthrough. And um, I want to talk a little bit about kingdom thinking tonight. And there's a specific area I want to talk about. I taught a, Stacey and I taught a class on this here at Bethel. Maybe it was like three years ago or something like that. And so we did a four-week equip class. We may, maybe we'll do that again sometime. But uh, I'm, some of this kind of comes from that and some new stuff. But I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to talk about kingdom thinking and um, let's see here. Oh, I'm going backwards. All right. And I want, this, I want you to think about this statement right here as we go into this. And it's to walk in transformational power means we not only believe in Jesus, but we think like him. All right. So we, we believe what, what he believes. We think like Jesus. And so our, our thoughts are very, very important. They're like a gateway into our hearts. And so it's really important uh, what we think and what we think about and who we think about and how we think about God. It's, it's so, so important. And um, I want to just look at this graph here. You can see some different thought life influences, and I probably didn't capture them all here. And you can see the Holy Spirit. You can put with the Holy Spirit. You can put the Word of God, different things that influence how we think. But there's also these other things down here. Um, you have old patterns. You have the prince of the power of the air. So you have demonic and satanic influences speaking in the, in the airwaves of the world. You have uh, the world itself is, is speaking and forming thoughts. Our past experiences often determine what we think. And those, not all these things are negative. Our past experiences could be good. They could also be bad. And both of those things can affect the way that we think about things. Um, also, other people. Also, that's not necessarily bad. Some people can really be bad for your thinking. They can really be negative in, towards you. Others can be very positive. And so all these things aren't necessarily bad, but they influence our thought life. But what we really want to happen is the Holy Spirit is the one that's influencing our thought life. Amen? And, and, and our thinking. And so, and we want the word of God to influence how we think. I don't know if you've ever read something in the word and you've thought, I don't know if I agree with that. Anybody ever done that? If you get honest, you're like, whoa, uh, okay, let's go to some other stuff, (laughs) right? But we don't get to pick and choose because truth is truth. And God's truth is completely true. He There is no lie in God. God is not a liar. He is true, and his word is true, and what he says is true. And so that's what we need to listen to. And so, um, you know, we're a new creation, and so we follow God, and our old nature um, is buried and gone. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we're this new creation, and the old has passed away. And God in 2 Peter, it talks about how everything that we need uh, for godliness has been deposited inside of us. 
And we become partners. We become partakers of his divine nature. And as we go into this, I want you to remember that. I want you to know, I want you to remember who you are as a follower of Jesus. You're a partaker of the divine nature. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Your old life is your old life. It's gone. You're in a new life with Jesus, and he's given us a new DNA. We are completely new. We've been completely made different. Amen? And, um, but at the same time, there are these powers that are working in the world to, to really throw us off track or to distract us or to keep us from that full place that God wants us. I don't know if it's ever happened to you coming to church. Something begins to distract you. You're in a service. Worship is happening. And uh, you begin to think about something that, um, that's, that's maybe weighing on you and it begins to pull you out. And so we need to understand that these different things are influencing us. And um, I've got two things up here. You can see the Holy Spirit. He's big, right? And then you've got Sarks. Now, Sarks, what that is, I want to give you a little bit of a, a definition of what that is, if that's okay with you guys. Don't you love how preachers always ask you if that's okay, and then they, but they're going to do it anyway? Right? It's, yeah. We do it all the time, and we're like, oh, one last this, and we just do it like five or six more times. We all do it. It's just a thing. But, um, but I hope you'll receive this. Um, so Sarks in, in the Bible means, it means the flesh. It means, or body in Greek. And it's used, the thing about the word is it's used fi- about five different ways. And they're all different, but it, it's the same word. And Paul used this word quite a bit in, um, in Galatians. And in Galatia, Paul was amazed. When, when Paul wrote the letters to Galatia, it was kind of a region. So it was going to several churches. But Paul was amazed um, how easily the Galatians were influenced away from truth. Um, or not amazed, he was more dismayed um, of how the Galatians, so some of what he writes is, is into that place of how easily that uh, the Galatians were pulled other directions and away from, from the truth. And so that's really important to understand. But, but uh, this word sarks, it's used a lot of different ways. And I wanna read a little bit of a commentary there's a guy who wrote a commentary on Galatians called Charles Kosar, and he says this about the word sarks, and he says it in context of Galatians, particularly Galatians 5, and, um, and also you can see some of this in Romans, but he says this, uh, historical natural earthly sphere from which people deceive themselves into thinking they can derive ultimate meaning. So when you think of the word sarks as we look at this, um, it would be this, this earthly sphere, which people think that they can find meaning or happiness in just the earthly sphere. And so you could define that as we talk about the word sarch, you could define that in that way. He also says this, but Paul thinking in term of first century has mind in two powers, which oppose each other. The spirit, you can see that there, and the flesh or the sarks. In this context are not human nature. So in the context of what he's talking about in Galatians, he's not just talking about uh, our human nature. He's not just talking about our flesh here that wants things, although that's a part of it. Um, he's talking about two realities on which individuals base their existence, two direct directions which they can move. And so when Paul is speaking to the Galatians, 
um, he begins to describe uh, this, and I'm not, I'm not reading or going to the scripture because there's a lot that goes into that, um, but he's, he's talking about this opposition of the spirit to sarks, which is these two different spheres. And I think an easy way to understand it probably for us, although it's bigger than that, would be it's the spirit um, in, the, in the world, the, the influence of the world, the mindset of the world, and all that goes with that. And so that's what we're talking about here. And it's important to understand this, though, that, um, that we're not under the flesh. We're not under sarks. We're, we're un, we have no obligation. Talks about that as well in, in these passages. We're not under obligation to it. So as a new creation, which is what I started with, we're not, under, we're not under obligation to be influenced by the world. Amen? We need to know that. Like, that's not who we are. Now, we can be influenced by it, but we're not, we're not made for that. You are not made to live under the flesh. You are not made to live under sarks. Amen? And so... The Holy Spirit's more powerful than, than the world, and it's really an uneven playing field, all right? So we need to remember that. But I want to look at a couple things um, here. This is on. There we go. All right. So this is also in Galatians. I'm just kind of breaking this stuff out for you, and you'll see where I'm going in a minute. But Galatians talks about, in that passage, this opposition between the Holy Spirit and the flesh or sarks or this world influence and all the things that go with that. Um, but the Holy Spirit, um, the, ev the evidence or the outcome. So when you walk with the Spirit, there's a certain outcome that happens, okay? And so walking with the Holy Spirit, here's what happens in my life. I get love. I get joy. I get, why don't you read that with me? Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so that's what I get. And in Galatians 5.16, it says, If I walk by the Spirit, I will not carry out the desire of the flesh or the sarks. So if I'm walking by the Spirit, this is where I walk. This is what I get. This is what I walk in. And so if I walk here, I'm not going to walk there. Amen? And if you find yourself in, in any of these other categories working in your life, here's, here's how you counter that. You walk with the Spirit. Amen? You step away from it and walk with the Spirit. Why? Because I'm not under obligation to any of this. Right? None of this is my master. And so, that, but there is an outcome if I begin to walk in the world and I begin to give my heart to the world, then what's going to happen? There's going to be sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And so that is the result of aligning yourself or walking in sarks, walking in the flesh. But we don't, we don't have to walk there. We've been freed from this. But the reality is we can, we need to understand this, we can be influenced by this. 
I've seen this. I've seen division happen in churches. Well, that's not the Holy Spirit that creates division. Amen. I've seen, you know, jealousy. We've all probably experienced some of these things at, at one level or another, um, even as believers. But we're not under obligation to these things. And the way that we step away from these things is to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Can we keep going? All right. Powerful passage here. Let's look at this in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10. I've said it before. I've been a lot in uh, 1 Corinthians. But Paul had a lot of trouble with the uh, Corinthians. <laughs> I mean, they, they told him they wanted like another apostle. Right? They're like, hey, we got super apostles over here. We don't like you. And so we want someone else. I mean, and, but you know what was beautiful? Paul just kept working through it with them. He just kept at it. If you read the passage, I mean, he, I, I've joked about this before, but that's why I wrote two letters, right? Because he just had to keep going at it. He was bringing correction. He was doing different things. And there was a lot of worldliness and a lot of things going on in, in the church at Corinth. And Paul's just added, added, added. But he kept at it. And finally, they had resolution and they had unity. And something really beautiful happened. Um, and that was in this really charged up Holy Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Spirit church, but they had a lot of issues. But Paul gives them this here um, of how we're, supposed to, how we're supposed to fight. I'm just gonna read it. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so I want to look at this here, and I want to look at strongholds. And I think this is really, really important to understand. So I was taught pretty much growing up, I always thought strongholds were just some demonic thing that, that you cast out. But I want to show you something here. You can't actually cast a stronghold out. Um, we're going to look at what it is because a stronghold is actually a, a pattern of thinking that's not in alignment with the kingdom. That's what a stronghold um, actually is. And so um, it's a pattern of thinking or it's this house that's made of thoughts that can create something that can begin to lock something up in your life. Now, it can have demonic influence, but you're not going to cast a stronghold out. You can't cast a pattern of thinking out. That pattern of thinking has to be changed. And when that pattern changed, anything else, any other influence, whether it's demonic or anything else that's around, that's going to, to, to leave, all right? And so a stronghold is, is, a, is, a, is, is something that we're gonna look at. And we have, these weapons have divine power to actually demolish strongholds. But a stronghold forms um, as any influence outside the Holy Spirit begins to take center stage of our thoughts. Listen, I don't, I don't, want to just, I don't want just my thoughts and my own wisdom. I want to think like Jesus thinks. I want kingdom thinking. I want the knowledge of God to permeate my heart and my mind. I don't want there to be any strongholds. But over time, as we walk in things away from the Holy Spirit, there's kind of a time component that can happen, and these strongholds become kind of lodged in our thinking, and it, it, it could almost feel like it's just who we are. And again, they can come from a variety of sources that are influencing us. 
And um, even maybe the way that someone's brought up uh, could begin to, to form ways of thinking in you that are actually not God's way of thinking. And so God wants to free us from those things. And I, think, and I believe there's different levels of strongholds, right? So individually, I can have a pattern of thinking or a stronghold in my life that needs to change, but also a culture or a group of people can have strongholds. So when people that think, people that have, they all have the same stronghold get together, what happens? Now you have a culture that there's a stronghold. You know, in churches, I mean, here's a stronghold. I can tell you this stronghold, the miraculous is no longer for today. That's, think about that. That's a pattern of thinking that's actually false. It's actually, it's actually a lie. It's a lie. And so, um, but a group of people get together and they say, hey, we stand on the fact that there is no miracles are not for today. And typically they don't get any miracles, right? Every once in a while, <laughs> something will pop and, but then try to explain, they try to explain it away. Um, I took classes, some theology classes where they were explaining away the Old Testament things like, um, like the Red Sea. They were like, hey, at this one time a year, this wind would blow and everybody could walk across, you know, this thing. You know, the, the, the blood that appeared in the river. Oh, that was just an algae bloom that, you know, and I was like, wow, that, that, that is a, that's not a God that sounds very exciting, right? That he doesn't do the miraculous. I, I, you've probably heard this joke. I didn't come up with it. But a, a guy that he said, hey, that's amazing that, uh, that, it, that all the Israelites crossed in three feet of water. What's, what's amazing is that he was able to drown all the uh, Egyptians in three foot of water, right? All right. I didn't, that's not my joke. So I didn't get much, I didn't get much out of that one. All right. But anyway, um, society, a whole nation can have patterns of thinking that are wrong. We see this happening. It's always happened, but we see a lot of things coming into the mainstream thinking of our country that are false, right? I mean, we, you know, crazy things. You know, that, uh, that a man could be a woman or, you know, this type of thing. These, the, these are actually strongholds. These are patterns of thinking that are wrong. And then everybody gets together and what happens? It locks in and it begins to take on this whole force. And so um, we need to understand what we're dealing with so that we can understand how that we fight those things. Um, again, there's a whole set of religious strongholds. Um, <laughs> A whole set. There's like, there's a category of religious strongholds. And, you know, probably all of us, if you grew up in church, uh, that's awesome. I, I did, but I also had to deal with some patterns of thinking that I was taught that were wrong when I encountered the Holy Spirit, right? And so you can have religious strongholds. And um, here's the thing, though. If you're operating in a stronghold, you may not realize it. You may just think that's how you are. And, um, and so God wants to deliver. So I want to look at this. We're going to break it down a little bit. We got time here. So it says we demolish arguments. Are you guys with me here in every pretension? So the, the word argument there that you see that in the NIV and the NLT, you also, I just pulled out some other translations because I want you to kind of grab this word. So we demolish arguments. So we demolish, um, human reasoning or, 
uh, vain imaginations or even opinions. Um, so, so strongholds are made up of these arguments, human reasoning, vain imaginations or opinions that are not aligned with how God thinks. And so that's what makes up a stronghold. So human reasoning. So when people begin to think that uh, they know more than, than God and they reason it out, and, but it's totally wrong. I mean, there's just ludicrous things. Sometimes you're like, that's completely wrong. How, how in the world, have you ever thought this? How in the world do so many people believe this? Well, it's a stronghold. Um, opinions. Listen, we all have opinions. I, sometimes, you ever get tired of your own opinion? You're like worn out that, with your own opinion, right? And, and, you know, there's positive ways, there's positive opinions. I'm not saying we don't have any, uh, you know, differences or anything like that. But there's times I'm, I'm speaking and I'm realizing I'm literally putting forth my opinion in a meeting or whatever. And I need to stop right now. And I need to ask God what his opinion is. Amen? Because I've found that sometimes something that I think is not gonna work is actually something that God is actually doing. And so I don't want my opinions to, to form a, a stronghold in my life where I just think that I'm always right. I wanna stay in a, a humble place where I go, you know what? I wanna find out what God has to say about this situation. Amen? All right. So then, what are, what are strongholds like? Um, the word that's used here, we demolish arguments in every pretension. It's probably not a word we would use very much, but it's kind of a fancy word, right? Um, but that word also means high-minded or lofty or proud. And so strongholds, here's this thing. Strongholds are very high-minded. Strongholds think that it's like, I think I know better than everyone else. Or they're proud or they're, they're lofty in a, in a way. And so um, it's always thinking that, that this is right. And so when you begin to look at strongholds, you need to understand what it's like. It's a, it's a, it's a high-minded, it's a, it's a place that begin, where someone is putting their thoughts or their mind above what God says. And that can come in different ways. And then it says here that a stronghold sets itself up against the knowledge of God. This is why it's important that we understand this. That's a cool graphic, right? Yeah, I made that. Just so you know. Look. That's kind of cool. You got the, all right. All right. It sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So a stronghold exalts against, exalteth against. We gotta have some good King James here, right? Exalteth, everybody say that, exalteth. All right. <laughs> I'm so glad for other translations, I'm sorry, but King James is a great translation. It's just, the language is a little bit much for me. It's very dramatic. All right, um, it's, or raised against the knowledge of God. And so that's what a stronghold does. So a stronghold will keep you from knowing God's thoughts. That's its purpose. Its, its purpose is, I'm pointing at you with my pointer. 
Stacy's horrified at what I'm doing right now. She, all my little things, she's like, oh my gosh. Um, but listen, it, that's what it does. It, it blocks you from hearing what God has to say because it's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. All right? It's blocking kingdom thinking. And I want you to, I don't want you to get like tense here about this, but I want to say something to you. you. You may have a stronghold somewhere in your life. All right? Don't get like, not me. <laughs> no way, man. I'm, no way I got a stronghold. You probably have one if, you, that's you, if you're saying that. But listen, it's okay, right? Because we're, we're literally a work in progress. Um, God, he started something in us that he's gonna complete, that he's gonna finish, but we're a work in progress. There are old mindsets and patterns that are God's still working on in my life. I mean, I've walked with God for a long time. I met the Holy Spirit at 15 years old. I started pastoring at 25, and God is still working on different strongholds or different things, um, patterns of thinking that are not aligned with him in my life. All right, so the thing is, we need to begin to learn to recognize when that's operating, and what do we need to do? We need to get close to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um, so let's keep going with these fancy graphics. Oh, look at that. Wow. I forgot I had that animation on there. That's pretty good. All right. Oh, man, I wish we were... Yeah. So anyway, so a foundation of a stronghold is false reality. So let's, let me just say this. The foundation of a stronghold is, is one lie. It's one lie. It starts with one lie. So the, the enemy would love to lay a nice foundation in our life on, on a lie in an area. And as a believer, we know that our foundation is Christ, but we also know there are things that we can believe that are not true. And so, it, but, and it doesn't, you know, because the enemy begins to throw lies at you doesn't mean that you have, that you're operating out of a stronghold. But if you begin to entertain that lie, um, you begin to, you let that circulate inside of you. You let, you get an agreement, you begin to agree with that lie, then something stronger is being, being formed in your life a pattern begins to be formed in your life. And that pattern could be about, it could be about what you think about God. It could be about what you think about yourself. It could be about what you think about others. And so when we begin to agree with a reality outside of God's reality, we begin to lay a foundation of a lie that will begin, other lies come in and then it begins to lock us up and keep us from hearing what God actually says. Amen? Or oh man. Um, let me say this. Experiences can form strongholds. I, I love, I'm going to read to you. This is, this is a whole paragraph here, but I want to read. Anybody remember Francis Frangipan? He wrote some good stuff. But um, he says this about experiences, and I love what he has to say. He says another manner through which strongholds are built into us is through our experiences and conclusions we've drawn from them. These experiences, for better or worse, are what we call reality. Let us realize that 
life as we perceive it based on, upon whatever network of thoughts and opinions we currently are allowing to govern our souls. On the other hand, God defines reality as truth found in his word. To topple the stronghold of our experiences, we must let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. The only one who has a right to shape our lives is Jesus Christ. We must determine to allow nothing and no one to shape us, not even our personal experiences, unless they are consistent with the promises of God. If you have a negative experience, you, as a believer, you can't allow that experience to shape your reality. A context like, let's, let's say you're believing for healing and you've been prayed for a thousand times. You can begin to believe that maybe healing's not for you. And you begin to believe that and that, that because you've had these experiences where something hasn't happened, you begin to form something where maybe it's not for me and God's never gonna do it. What do we need to do? We need to get close to the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we wanna try to figure everything out, but just get close to the Holy Spirit and keep getting prayer. Amen? Don't stop. I, I, God healed my lower back when I was in my 20s, miraculously fused together, and I was, in, I was in a service where no one prayed for me, and the guy leading it was like, hey, put your hand on your back, and I, it was actually a Benny Hinn service, and I was in a 20,000-seat auditorium at the back, and I put my hand right here, and the Holy Spirit said to me, do, do what he said, and so as soon as I slid my hand around my back, it literally cracked and popped. And I, I had an x-ray, and you know, I said, hey, can you see if that fuse is in my back? They're like, there is no fuse in your back. This is a birth defect, amen? But before this happened, I had people, I had hundreds of, I had hundreds of prayers before that actually happened. I had a lot of people pray for me. I had like big names pray for me. I had all kinds of people pray for me, you know, and nothing seemed to happen. But what did I do? I kept expecting that something was gonna happen, and I was refusing I was fighting against believing a lie that this was never gonna happen. Amen? All right. So our experiences, unless those experiences line up with God's word, don't let them shape you. All right? All right. Let's keep moving. Identifying strongholds. Um, let's talk about that for a second. So how do I know there's some kind of stronghold or a pattern of thinking in my life that's not in alignment. Um, how I react to situations is a really great, a great place to examine my heart and say, am I in a pattern of thinking that's wrong? You know, in other words, are, are, is, do I have a hot button? Is there a button that somebody can push, you know, at your, at your office, your work, or your family? Push, explode, Right? Well, there's probably something in me, there's, there's a pattern in me that God wants to change. If, if you're a lot of ungodly habits or things that are going on in your life, there's a stronghold, there's a pattern of thinking that God wants to change. Um, others around you, you may not see it. Others around you may see, man, there's something operating in your life that's not in alignment with God. And listen, guys, there's no condemnation here, but at the same time, we can't just say, I'm just gonna live in it. We need to take a step towards God and let him get us free of it. Um, the word of God will show you things. The Holy Spirit will show you the condition 
of certain patterns and thinking in your life. You know, I've got a personal example of this. Um, I grew up, I feel like I was almost born with it, right? There's some things that you can go back as far as you can remember. And I had this fear inside of me. And my granddad had it, my mom had it as well, probably went back further than that. And they were always, they were successful, uh, very well-off people, but there was a fear in them of, of not having enough money. And the, my granddad, it was in him, but then he had an experience where uh, his, one of his, his best friend who was handling all of his accounting um, stole all the money. And so my, my, this was my great-granddad. He goes bankrupt and completely bankrupt, everything gone. He was actually very wealthy. And um, as a result of that, my, my, his son, my grandfather, uh, had an, this fear there. And then I, I started noticing it. You know, just as a kid, you just notice certain things. And he was very well off. Like, I'm talking he probably had, he may have had $3 million in the bank, yet he's, let, yet he's concerned he's not going to have money, right? Then I noticed the same thing in my mom. But then I started noticing it in me as I became an adult, particularly. I began to notice that even if things were okay, and I mean, it, I could have money in the bank, but I was, I was be driven by fear to get more money uh, because, because I was afraid I wasn't going to have enough. And so I lived like that for a long time so that I had this stronghold. So I was trying to make money not from a kingdom pattern or mindset with like kingdom goals and kingdom aims. I was trying to make money because I was scared. And here's the thing about that stronghold. Sorry, I'm pointing again. Nothing, nothing I could put in the bank was going to change that fear. I could have gotten the, an inheritance of $10 million dollars and that fear would still have existed in me. And so, um, you know, then you get married and your wife, of course, points certain things out. <laughs> She's like, you're fear, you're afraid. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm a man, I'm not afraid of anything, <laughs> right? But she's like, no, there's fear. Like you're, you're like, you're afraid. So I'm operating in this extreme fear. And so um, then I had this experience that was crazy. And I, I think I've shared before in different venues here, but um, I'd invested a lot of money. I was trading in the stock market and I was, I was successful, but then I got into these other investments that, um, you know, kind of like crypto of today. And um, the whole thing collapsed. Like, I mean, the NASDAQ, it collapsed. These were companies that were small companies but the whole thing collapses and I had margined my account. So that means you borrow against the money that you have or the stock that you have to buy more. So when the NASDAQ dropped, it, I lost everything. Like they liquidated me and I owed, I owed $50,000. And, and to me, like my house cost $50,000 back then. And so I remember sitting there and I'm seeing this happen. Stacy doesn't know about it. Boy, I learned some lessons there. Don't ever invest without telling your spouse in anything. And so, um, anyway, so as this happens, I, I verbalize out of my mouth. And this is another way to identify patterns that are wrong. What comes out of your mouth? 
So out of my mouth, I'm by myself, and out of my mouth goes, the ship is going down. And the Holy Spirit, as clear as a bell, said, no, it's not. I mean, it was so, he said it like, he didn't say, he said it like a, a father going, no, it's not. Don't believe that lie. That's a lie. And so, which was reinforcing all that I had believed before, right? So now I'm in this thing. But did you know that within a few weeks, that debt got completely paid off? And God took care of it, amen? I mean, completely, like paid for, didn't owe anybody anything. I didn't owe, it wasn't like I'm gonna make pay, no, it was paid off completely. And so I've seen over time how God began to counter in me that pattern of thinking that was wrong. And I got free from fear. And you know how I can know like I was completely free, free from it? We have a business in you know, addition to I work for the church, but Stacy has a business that she does that we own together. And um, of course, she does most of the work there, like 99%. But anyway, but I benefit from it. She's an amazing business woman, business person. She's really amazing. But in the pandemic, our business got cut in half. Like, I mean, to the, and it was right on the, the bubble. But we paid all our bills through the whole thing. But here's what's interesting. It, it actually didn't bother me at all. I literally, I was like, I don't feel any fear. I mean, our business is like right there on the edge. You could see like, if it goes, in, if it goes much further, um, we're in serious trouble. But I literally had no fear. And I was like, God, I thank you that this was really something where I knew at that moment that I was completely free from this pattern of thinking that had been there all my life. And God had freed, I felt like freed me years earlier, but this one was like one of those moments where if it was there, it was gonna come out. But I was just like, all right, whatever. God's got it. (laughs) God's got it. God's got it. Amen. Amen. Let me just talk about this for a second. Um, I'm going to land here in just a moment. So we've got strongs, but here's the good news. We've got weapons, and they're not of this world. So we have weapons that are not of this world. And I want to say this. If there are strongholds in society, a lot of believers are trying to fight with weapons of the world. You know, let's go to Facebook and we're going to tell everybody what we think. You don't, you don't win. The, the battle that we are in in society will not change by us screaming at the top of our lungs that it's wrong. It's not going to work. But we do have weapons that are not of this world, right? When we press into the presence of God and God comes, we begin to break strongholds in society. Amen. Revival hits all of Austin. The presence of God begins to go out in all of Austin. I can guarantee you that Austin will change. Society will begin to change, yeah. right? So the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And I love the language. Divine power. God has given us weapons with divine power to demolish strongholds, to demolish these arguments all these pretensions that set itself up against what? The knowledge of God. And we take what? We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 
So in your life, we think about this society-wise, but in your own personal life, you have weapons not of this world. You can demolish the, own, uh, own, the strongholds in your own life with the divine power that God has given you. You can literally take captive those thoughts and those lies. You can take them captive and you can say, no, I, I choose not to make that the foundation of my life, but I choose to make God the foundation of my life. And I choose to align myself with the Holy Spirit and those things begin to break. You know, we have the word, the word of God. I wanna encourage you in something. If you recognize a stronghold in your life, begin to take the word and speak against that stronghold. Go contrary to it. Amen? And listen, it's not always easy. I was at a Baylor UT game yesterday, and I'm a Baylor. Look, I'm surrounded like I'm smothered in burnt orange. And I'm cheering, ah, Baylor! You know, we're surrounded like bumping into people and stuff. And surrounded by, it wasn't easy to, it's not easy to go contrary to the crowd, right? So, so I mean, and then Baylor got beat, which uh, hurts. But let me just say this. Sometimes these things are speaking to you and you've got to speak back. You've got to say, no, lie. That's a lie. This is truth. I stand on God's word. Listen to this. Amen. Prayer. Prayer is a weapon, guys. Prayer, pressing in, getting with God, spending time with God, praying. And, and I want to say this. When we think about society, or even us, love is a powerful weapon. You want to know how to break a stronghold in somebody's life? Just start loving on them. Amen. God will change a pattern of thinking. If we want to break a pattern of thinking in society, we better show the love of God because that's the only thing that's going to draw people in where they can encounter God in a way that actually changes the way that they think. And so patterns of thinking, weapons that we have. And I want to read you. I want to finish with this. I want to read this quote here by Ralph Waldo Emerson, of all people. Powerful words here, though. Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. Why don't we stand? <laughs> Watch our thoughts. And I just want to pray for a moment. And if you could just close your eyes, lift your hands. And I just want to ask, and I want you to ask, you may know there's, first, you may know there's a pattern that is there. And you, you haven't really known how to, to break that pattern. But I want to encourage you. I don't care how long that pattern of thinking has been there. The Holy Spirit can break that pattern of thinking in you. And I feel like there's some in here that, it's where we were going earlier in the service or Joaquin was going. The, the love of God just enveloping you and beginning to break off lies. Amen? Maybe it's a lie that, that you believed about God. Maybe, maybe you feel, I feel like there could be some rejection. You feel rejected by others and possibly even by God in some way. Maybe that's you.
Maybe there's fear. There's fear like I was talking about in the realm of finances or fear, um, fear in other areas of your life. Maybe there's something that someone said about you when you were a kid even that, that has affected you all of your life that you've actually believed. Maybe that, that you're never gonna measure up but there, or that you're never gonna be anything. Maybe there's a, a lie there that God wants to break. And I wanna encourage you not to be ashamed. There is no shame, but there is freedom in Christ. Others, you may not realize there's a pattern of thinking in your life. You're, it's so ingrained in your life that you, you just don't recognize it. And I wanna encourage you to just ask the Holy Spirit to show you any pattern of thinking or maybe even ask someone that you're close to, hey, do you recognize any patterns in me that I need to go to God with? I think that's okay. Someone you trust. Don't just do that with anyone. But I feel like that God wants to break off. And so if we could just put out our hands, strongholds, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for freedom. We thank you that we are new creations. And we thank you for your power. We thank you for divine power. We thank you for divine weapons that demolish strongholds. And why don't you just pray with me right now? And if there's something in your life that you need to just, just say it out loud and just break it, or you need to counter in some way, just begin to do that. Lord, I ask that you would break off all strongholds in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and break off. Show us where our patterns of thinking are wrong and not aligned with you. Because God, I know that you want to bring us to a place where we are thriving in every area of our lives. And so God, I pray that you would break off those things. So Holy Spirit, and just pray this with me, Holy Spirit, show me, show me my heart, show me patterns, show me my mind, show me things that, that you wanna change, God. Show me areas that you want to change in my life and in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.